We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash match. Just go to Indeed.com slash match right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash match. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Thanks to JLD Hot Sauce and Knives, Saints Happy Hour listeners now get to listen to the complete version of our weekly Twitter spaces the entire football season. If you want award-winning hot sauces like Boot Jolica or Reaper Madness Special Reserve, go to www.jldsharpsauce.com. They have incredible jellies such as palm and pepper. They also have an incredible selection of handmade knives for cooking, hunting, and your outdoor needs. Go check out the Zombie Killer Quartering Cleaver and tell me it's not the best damn quartering cleaver you ever saw in your entire life. Jerry Embler is a tremendous supporter of Saints Happy Hour, so we're asking you to support the people who support Saints Happy Hour. Go to www.jldsharpsauce.com to get the best hot sauces and knives at the best prices anywhere. Use promo code SAINTSHAPPYHOUR and get 10% off. That's www.jldsharpsauce.com. Hey, Ralph. Ralphie. Andrew. And Dave. All right, I got uh, a little intel. Your Saints Happy Hour podcast? Yeah, yeah. It's a joke, all right? And I'll tell you why. You, Ralph, you mispronounce everything, okay? I listen, I go, what the... Does he not know the English language? All right, Ralph. I try to get an English class in there every now and then, okay, pal? Now, Andrew! Think you're smart, huh? Think you're smart? You're in big trouble, pal. You piece of shit like you for breakfast. And then, of course, there's Dave. Dave, a little obnoxious. Got a little bit of a chip on your shoulder, huh? You gotta get, cut people down all the time. Is that what you gotta do? But uh, know that life is good. Appreciate it. Do what you do. Keep on keeping on. Shoot out. <laughs> all right, everybody. Welcome to another edition of Saints Happy Hour Podcast. It's that time of week again where we're on Twitter Spaces Live. If you're joining us live on Twitter, thanks for joining us. They're gonna, you're going to be able to ask us questions. You're going to be able to talk to us. If you're listening to this show later on our RSS feed or wherever you get your podcast, join us live. It's fun. You should. We do it every Wednesday or Thursday. And I want to remind people, this podcast, this episode, you get the entire version of the show the entire episode courtesy of jld sharp sauce they're a sponsor of saints happy hour and they are sponsoring our twitter spaces every week throughout the football season and they allow you to hear the whole episode so if you need hot sauces if you need knives if you need jellies go to jld sharp sauce Dot com. They're a great sponsor of the show. We love them. Jerry is nice enough to sponsor the Twitter spaces, uh, and you should support them. So Andrew just piped in. He's going to join us. But on tonight's show, 
The question that I want to talk about, and I, I asked it on Twitter earlier today, but I want people to give me their opinions. I want you to tell me the Saints player, not Jameis, because he, he doesn't, he, he can't qualify. And there's Andrew Juge. So, Andrew, this is the question I want people to answer, and you can start. I want you to answer, what Saints player do you think would, if they had their best, if they had a career year, not, you can't pick Jameis, who having a career year for the Saints would be most impactful on the Saints having a great year and winning 11 plus games. If you could pick one player, but you can't pick Jameis because that's cheating. We know if Jameis is, has a career year and is MVP, the Saints are winning 12, 13 games. But you can't. Yeah. Pick- so I, I think when you when you do this exercise, like you can't pick a player like Caesar Ruiz because like a career year for him would be like a mediocre season. <laughs> so <laughs> yeah. So you like you can't. I, I think the correct way to play this is you got to pick a guy who's already had an amazing year. Because then if they have a career year, so like the correct answers here are like Cam Jordan, Lattimore, Michael Thomas, Kamara. Like I feel like if any of those dudes have a better season than their best season, then it's kind of like off the charts amazing. So I guess I would pick Michael Thomas because he's already been NFL Offensive Player of the Year. And if he has a better year than that, we're basically talking MVP. And – you know that that would mean he's fully back from his ailments, and so, uh, and, and obviously the the passing game would be cooking. So, I I tend I tend to pick Michael Thomas for those reasons. Yeah, I thought about it, and my my instinct was Michael Thomas because, like you said, because if, if his career year is better, if it's better than twenty twenty, you know, twenty nineteen, it, it's amazing. But just for sheer fun season, if if Teron Matthew had a career season for him, if he had better than 2015 where he had five interceptions, a touchdown, and he he uh, he forced three fumbles, uh, and he had a sack, like if he had better than that, that would be amazing, and the Dome would be a party. Because it would, we'd basically get to the point, Andrew, where we'd be like, uh-oh, Defense is struggling. Hey, Honey Badger, go clean up this mess. And he would do it repeatedly all year long. So, I mean, just for sheer fun, that could be amazing. But I think if I'm going to pick a guy to have a career year, I think I think I go defense. And I think I go either Cam Jordan because you're getting above 15 and a half sacks or – you get a give me a full year of Davenport healthy, that could be amazing, and then your defense is like top three. But if your defense is top three and the offense is just meh, like sixteenth, is that enough to get them to 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 ten, eleven wins or whatever? So well, that's why I was picking Michael Thomas. I yeah, kind of hedge. I was hedging that the defense is going to be good again, right? So that, that, yeah. that's the risk that I'm taking is that I'm going to work under the assumption that Dennis Allen as the head coach is going to do things the way he wants and he'll be he, he'll be able to build off what was already a great season defensively. So I'm giving – I'm choosing to give the offense some juice. I mean, Kamara career year would be amazing too. Like, you know I mean? It, it, would, would, would picking Will Lutz, by the way, would that be a waste of, of the gift – or, or would that be a sneaky good call? See, 
because when you when you say career year for a kicker it's weird because do we define it as like he doesn't miss is it like six game winners like that's the thing like you you tell me you 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 define what a career year for Will Lutz is and then I'm intrigued I I well I mean his best year I think he missed like two or three kicks so yeah I, I would say a career year is he doesn't miss all year he doesn't miss he's all per- year. he's perfect but I promise you nothing in terms of like oh, see. when those kicks are made or you know at what, see, you know, I what think, stage. I, think I mean, I some of them obviously would be inside two minutes. Someone, I think, I think I can. I think I got to I think the more I think about it, I got I I I got to do your thing. I got to I got to go offense, and I got to. I don't I gotta, know, man. I've and per- I got a perfect kick, perfect kicker though. I mean, God, that that's three points every time he puts his foot on the ball. That's true. Um, automatic, you know. You know, and I, I, I think I take it back. I think I go Camara because I think if Camara has an amazing year, I think everything else on all it, it means the offensive line's good because Camara's running the ball great. It means Jameis is doing great because they're score. He's Camara's scoring a ton, a bunch of touchdowns. Because remember, yeah. But here's the thing: like it's realistic that Camara's going to have. Um. Agree. Yeah, but like a great it's year. It's realistic that Kamara will, will play well. Like, I, I still think Thomas is the answer because I just think, you know, now Trevor Penning would be one. Like, I know it'd be weird to call it a career year because he's a rookie, but I, I'm like, let's just say, like, if Trevor Penning had a career year by Teron Armstead standards, then I'm interested. Yeah. But, 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 yeah, you know, the more I think about kicker with Lutz, like you can't go for that because Young Way Koo has basically been perfect for the Falcons the last few years. What, and what's and it got him? That's, that's gotten him nothing. <laughs> yeah. So uh, I, hard pass on Will Lutz. So, I mean, Kamara career year, you're talking over 21 touchdowns. You're talking 1,000 yards rushing. You're talking over 80 receptions. It's tempting. I get you, though. The thing it's is, tempting. Michael Thomas, Michael Thomas is – he's like – plugging in high-speed internet in your house because the Saints have been like they've gone back they went back to like you know when they when he was injured and they had Breeze they went to like maybe whatever one step below super high-speed it like from DSL to high-speed last year they were like dial up like uh AOL online on offense you get Michael Thomas back at a career year you're back the off I mean people forget it's been because it's been freaking two years but like Michael Thomas he in 2019 he was unstoppable. It didn't matter who the quarterback was at point, you know. And Michael Thomas has proven it. Like Taysom Hill, Bridgewater, it don't matter who throws him the ball when he's healthy. He gets open. And not only that, me and Andrew talk about it a lot of times with Michael Thomas. They had the game in 2019 where they played in Chicago and they didn't have Kamara and they didn't have Jared Cook and they were missing I think Teron Armstead. And we were like, oh, my God, how are they going to score? And Michael Thomas is like, don't worry about it, boys. No one can cover me. And the Bears, whose defense is good then, they couldn't cover him. And it was amazing. So I think we forget how good he is. The other question I mean, he, he he made Teddy Bridgewater look good. He got Teddy Bridgewater uh, $60 million. Yes. So based on that, man, like if there is someone – it needs to be elevated on this team. It's Jameis. Like, I, 
I'm excited about Jameis. I hope he has a great season. I'm glad he's the quarterback. I'm glad things didn't work out with Deshaun because, my God, man, that that situation <laughs> is the worst. But, but So I'm happy about all that. But at the same time, I'm still not completely sold on Jameis Winston. I saw- There's a part of me that's still bracing for the reality that he's not going to be that good. And so Michael Thomas, back to back to normal, back to being better than normal, having his best season. Elevates him. I, I just think that's what Jameis would need to have. A yeah, if, if Jameis is if Jameis is going to have a career year and 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 transform into something he's never been, Michael Thomas being awesome. He's gonna, yeah, he's got. I, mean, I think be we part all see that equation. clearly. He needs to. See, yeah, totally. I I saw I saw the best description of Jameis I think I've ever seen. Uh, it was uh, from a PFF guy, Sam Monison, I think his name. He, he was getting emails and, and, a, and, a, and, a, and a listener emailer. They said Jameis, they were comparing quarterbacks in the NFC South to sandwiches. And they compared Sam Darnold to like two white pieces of bread and a piece of cheese. Technically, it's a, <laughs> technically it's a sandwich, but it doesn't really help you. But the comparison of Jameis—it's not, not like a grilled cheese either. It's, it hasn't been put on the griddle. It, no, there's no there's no butter, you know, that's been lathered on the on the bread. Like it's literally a piece of cheese and white bread. But the that's description it. of Jameis was he's a Monte Christ, Christ, Cristo, right? He's a ham and cheese, deep fried. Looks amazing, has everything you want, but in the end, it kind of leaves you disappointed, and maybe it upsets your stomach. I thought it was the great. I thought it was the perfect. I mean, the good, I, the Monte Cristo. Now, I've had that sandwich. Like, and, and the good ones, you know, a lot of times they put powdered sugar on. Yeah, top I mean, if it's done right, it's amazing. Jam, there's a little jam on the side too. Yeah. You know? So. I don't know. Like that's the thing. Like Michael Thomas has a great season. Then we're talking a little powdered sugar on top. <laughs> maybe you know, we'll... falafel is pretty good. You got the jam on the side. So, you know, maybe then it tastes yeah. a little bit better. Maybe your stomach feels a little better. You, yeah. There's a little balance there. Or maybe they fry it too long and it's too crispy, and you bite into it and it falls apart. The powdered sugar is like old. Well, that that's like if Trevor Penning doesn't work out and <laughs> you know, James Hurst is your left tackle, and then Andrews Pete gets hurt like that. That's kind of where you're going with that. That's right. You know, if we're keeping with the analogy. If they bring it out, it'll look amazing. But then you pick it up. And, but, okay, so my other question before we get to – we got Bud Rich, we got Blue Fan Base, we got a bunch of people that want to talk. Before we get to them, my other question, Andrew, to make this a fun exercise is, obviously, the NFC South, the main rival is the Bucks. So, on the flip side, you can we can make Michael Thomas have his career year for the Bucks. We can't wish we're not going to wish injuries on him because that's mean and that's no fun. And you can't say Tom Brady. Wait, why not? Sorry, sorry, continue. <laughs> and you can't say Tom Brady's deal with the devil expires. But if I said to you, you can pick can one. Can I wish injury on Tom Brady? <laughs> no. You have to pick a buck. You can, or you could pick two that are, have bad seasons. And if you could pick them, who would they be to try to like bump Tampa down from their their expected? Oh uh, well, I mean, definitely Tom Brady is at the top of the list. And, and first of all, I feel like wishing injury on Tom Brady isn't really even that messed up when you consider what Devin White did to Jameis Winston's right. ACL last year. I mean, uh, you know, look. And, and then I had a bunch of Bucks fans on Twitter that w- sent me screenshots of that. Like we're literally bragging that their player horse collared our quarterback and destroyed his ACL. So I don't know, like I'm not going to feel that bad, Tom Brady, you know, 
Well, I don't, I don't want his like career to be over. I don't, I'm not rooting for a torn ACL because that's just mean. But like, you know, if he has a little tweak, you know, like a little little rib deal or maybe a little turned ankle and he's out for a couple weeks, you know, I, I'm not, I'm not above this. that. Give me two offensive linemen for the Bucks that decline, whether it's Wirtz, their center who they just signed – because here's the thing, dude. I, no, I, honestly, I wouldn't pick anyone on that offense. Because, like, for whatever reason, the Saints' defense is their kryptonite. Like, oh. Brady can't. Brady can't do anything. The offensive line gets owned. Like Mike, I wouldn't even pick Mike Evans, who's like one of the best receivers in the league, but he never does anything. Yeah, but the, the Saints team. only play him twice. I need them to lose other games too. No, but, okay, yeah, but I, I would still. I, I just. I mean, Tom Brady has to be the guy one of the two but then I would pick someone on the other side of the ball honestly I, I think Le- Levante David is one of the most underrated players I've ever seen I, I watch him two times a year play against the Saints every year Crushes. and he the dude is ridiculous he's so damn good yeah and if he's older too so he could be in a little get him have him decline and have Somebody on the offensive line fall off a cliff because Brady, when you pressure him, he turns into a washed-up Joe Flacco. Most quarterbacks do, yeah. Yeah, but but Brady especially. I mean, like, like that's why the Saints are his kryptonite because the Saints can get the Saints in in basically all five of the games they got to him. He wasn't he wasn't good in the playoff game. Well, you would know. you pick uh, Ryan Jensen their center? or Would you pick Tristan Worth the right tackle? <sighs> They're both good. Those are kind of their. Their studs. I think. I think I might pick the tackle because I feel like if the center got well, they you can you can you can protect the center. You can help them. You can if your tackle goes bad, it it you know it's it's an uphill battle all year. If, the if, the other guy on defense besides Levante David that I would seriously consider is Vita Bay. I, uh-huh. I just think he's <laughs> such a he's such a dominant force. In the He's middle. like a brick wall. Okay, so He's a great nose tackle. So people, this we got Bud Rich. We're going to you. Then freaking about football. Uh, tell me, Saints player that you want to have a career year, and then one or two Tampa Bay players that you want to fall off a cliff. Bud Rich, go. Yeah, yeah. So the Saints player I want to have a career year, David Onyemata. I, like I want it. him to put up at least as close to Leroy Glover production like he just reeks he just wrecks up the middle every time interior pressure he doesn't no, no injuries no suspension all set play at least 16 games you know he gets a game off but he he just dominates the interior line gets like double digit sacks that's what i want mm-hmm. to have a career year yeah that's an interesting that's an interesting one uh andrew if they got if they got on the defensive line, say Davenport gives him his gives him what he gave him last year, nine to ten sacks, and he plays 12, 13 games, and Cam Jordan gives him ten sacks. If they got Onyemata to get him double digit sacks, this defense, assuming health, like it's the best defense in football, right? Completely, yeah. I think the one kind of missing piece from this defense a lot of times is the pressure they get up the middle, and a lot of times they've had to use Cam Jordan or. Passigno, you know, random dude, random edge guys uh, to give them kind of the juice they need on third and, and more than five, let's say. 
So if you can guarantee me and give me an interior pass rusher that makes a big difference, then, yeah, that's huge. And, and that's part of the reason they went out and got Contavious Street, who I know they like a lot, but I think he'll be part of that rotation too. Butteridge, give me a buck or two that would fall off a cliff or have a steep decline that you think would help the Saints win the South. And really on Winfield Jr. Ooh, that's a good one. See, I like Butteridge because he knows all these teams' rosters up and down. I forgot. Yeah. About, I forgot about Winfield, um, but he's a good. I mean, ch- he, yeah, he, he was crap last year. He got beat deep a lot. And I, I just want to keep seeing that decline. I, I, I hate him. I, <laughs> I, I hate Winfield Junior. Yeah, the, the, you know, I think I think we're on to something where. You you take one of the linemen out and and maybe you maybe you give you have it like Wurtz and then Shaq Barrett declines and becomes instead of being like a dominant guy he goes to like a seven sack pass rush guy because now you know that JPP's gone like I think their pass rush might slide back Tampa Tampa you look at them they have lost some guys and I'm not just talking about Gronkowski like they've lost. A significant portion. I think there's a. I think there's a decent chance that Tampa slides back way more, and the South is not a cakewalk like the national media thinks it's going to be. I don't necessarily think it's a lock that the Saints pass them, but I think it's. Butterich, it's a. It's a decent chance at thanks mm-hmm. Thanksgiving. The South is up for grabs. Like it didn't. It didn't locked in. It nothing's decided. Yeah, like when Ali Marpe, when he retired, he was your best offensive line by a long shot. He was very versatile, and they they are really going to miss. I know they got uh, Shaq Mason from the Patriots, but he's still maybe a tier or two lower than what Ali Marpe. And here's the thing with New England: when you when you trade with New England, and 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 Loomis has done it in the draft, and and Loomis has actually done it. For like role players that have worked out, like they traded for David Thomas, tight end in two thousand nine, right? And they traded for who man? Um, but most of the time, when when Bill Belichick is trading a veteran, he's cashing out at exactly the right time. So if I was a Tampa fan, I would be very nervous that that guard you just got from New England, he might fall off a cliff and be washed because Bill Belichick, like he might not draft well anymore, Budridge, but he has this magical ability to know right when to pull the ripcord on a guy. Yeah. Except for when it comes to skill position, offensive players where he hasn't picked a good one since Gronkowski. (laughs) Andrew Gronkowski, he's playing in December, right? And Budridge, thanks for joining us. Yeah. Not if uh, Tampa's like got a losing record, but yeah, if they're on a playoff run, you know, you know, Tom. Like, here's what's gonna happen: their tight end isn't gonna be performing that well, and Tom's gonna hit him up and be like, "Come on, man, we need you for this run." And yeah, how December, good do they have to be for may, for, for Gronk know, to unretire? Wait, maybe he'll just wait for the postseason. Like, if 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 Tampa's like going into December, if they're like seven and seven or eight, and, is he gonna is is he still gonna be willing, or do they have to be like? In contention to be like the number one seed. Yeah, I, I think it's got to be like a title chasing play. Yeah, uh, all right. I don't think he's coming out of retirement for like we're hoping to sneak in the playoffs. You know what I mean? Yeah, because there's a good there's a good chance too that Gronk isn't going to be in the best of shape 
Like, there's a good chance that he he's out partying and, and doing Gronk-type activities. Uh, freaking about football, give me your Saints player you want to have their career year to help them win the South. Uh, I'll just go with the name since no one's really mentioned it. Andres Pete. Oh like, if we got, God. like, 2017. I don't hate that. Pete, like, where he's just mauling players on the inside. But does it like guarantee the offensive line me. being good? If you, Just because you pick one offensive line. I mean, line if I'm, and... if we're assuming like Ramchek and McCoy are healthy yeah. and they're not like, like I think having three dominant offensive linemen, even if like Ruiz is below average and I think James Hurst is like an average tackle. So like, I think that's a really I think, good offense. Think of it that way. Like you're thinking. Dude, I, I mean, like Pete's going to the Pro Bowl if he has a career year. And I, I just think he's an inconsistent player, but when he's good, he's amazing. And so if you're giving me an amazing season of Pete, I, I think that's a really interesting answer because Pete at his best can be dominant in the trenches and, and just physical and violent in a way that very few and, guys. In and the league Andrew are. mentions this. You mentioned this last year, Andrew, when they, they had some, the struggles on the offensive line, obviously, but they, you know, when Tate, Taysom was playing quarterback and, and that sort of thing. You mentioned the one thing that fans don't necessarily notice about Pete is he has tremendous power at the goal line. And we as fans see the Saints, it's second and goal from the two, and we see a mass of bodies and Kamara falls in. And we're like, oh, look at Kamara. He did that. But it's really Pete's power blowing dudes up and – that's the thing that the Saints missed when he was hurt. But if you're saying you're getting a career year out of Pete, the Saints are probably a red zone. But for, I don't know the word you force, whatever. They're probably dominant in the red zone if Pete's having a career year. That's an interesting choice for you about football. And the, the thing I didn't think about was you're saying if you have Pete, Ramchek, and McCoy – and you you know Pete's giving you a career year. You hope Ramchek gets back to normal. You hope McCoy's healthy. Then you got three really good linemen. The other two just need to be average. I like I like that theory. All so, right, freaking freaking about football. Are you like I, I want to make sure I'm understanding you correctly. Is this coming from a place of right now? I feel like the Saints' offensive line has two guys that I can count on, and you mentioned that McCoy and Ramchek. And if I can just get a third, going yeah. from two where you have three kind of shaky, unreliable parts to a third, then it's like, all right, well, between Penning, Hurst, and Ruiz, hopefully, like, one of those three guys gives me at least something. Like, I, I think Hurst, like, I mean, like, just, I, I'm not, like, stunning film or anything. I think he was, like, meh, like, last year. Like, I don't think he was terrible. I don't think he was good. I think he was just, like, average. Like, if he just gives us that, if you tell us, me that we have three, like, I'm talking performing at their very best, McCoy, Ramchek, and Pete, I'm very comfortable with this offense because that offensive line is, at le- is there's no, like, I mean, there's no, like, oh, my God, like, the entire interior is just completely falling apart like it was last year or something like that. No, that, that's an interesting point in freaking about football. Give me your Tampa guy, Tampa person that you say. They'll decline. That'll really screw Tampa and knock them down a win or two. I'll I'll tell you one. Um, Leonard Fournette, because I know that he doesn't have, like, these great games against the Saints, but, like, 
Tom Brady, like, we're seeing it, like, through the years. Like, he is going down at those checkdowns, and he loves checking down at the running back. And Leonard Fournette was doing great for that last year. And then when he got hurt versus Tampa Bay, that really hurt their offense for the, for the next few weeks. Like, if you told me, like, he like his decline is that he just goes back to being, like, you know, Jacksonville, Tampa, uh, Leonard <laughs> Fournette, where he can't catch for shit. Like, yeah, um, I like it. I like it. Freaking about football. Thanks for joining us. Okay. Um we got some we got some more people coming in. We got uh I Gunny. What Saints player to have a career year. What you got for us? No, Ralph, it says I gonna. I mean I gonna? Ah, seriously. Seriously. How how do you not pronounce I can't that read? Correctly? You know that. What's up, y'all? What's up, man? Y'all the trip. It's I'm good, yo. It's it's L it's L gonna. L gonna. El Gunner. L Gunner. L Gunner. Give me yeah. a Saint. The Saints El guy Gunna. to have a career year that you Gotta think. with the lowercase. It looked like an uppercase I. My bad. My bad. I know. I know. It's crazy. Well, well, it got to be Jameis. Well, you can't pick Jameis because Jameis, that's unfair. Because if, if Jameis' yeah, career, if Jameis career year, they're going 13 and 4. L Gunner. We need. Okay. Well, well. I've. To truth be told, I need a lot of Mark Ingram. Ooh, that's an interesting like, choice. We, we we need a lot of because truth be told, I love Kamara, but Kamara's gonna miss a couple games. Ooh, I pray I like he don't. This. I like this, Elgon. Andrew, I like the way this man's thinking. He's he's thinking. You know, he's thinking worst case scenario for Kamara, but he's got a plan for it. You give. You get career year from Man, Ingram, and it's like a monster four we, games when Kamara's gone. El Gunner, I like that. Exactly. I like that. If, 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 if we can get that, we good. And if anybody know anything about Mark Ingram, what happened to him when he was at his best? Y'all know he was on. Oh, yeah. So. We need to run it back. So I hope he's. I hope he can do it with all PDs and just career it out and just help us. A couple well, games in a row, he just go ham. I think well, we got the offense, the receivers, that's going to open the running game up. So he get, you know. Well, here's the we, thing, Elgon. We, we really here's, need him. Here's what they do. Here's what they do, Elgon. Here's what you do. You, you, Kamara suspended the first four weeks. You get Ingram. He can get on the juice. He can get on the PDs. <laughs> Give us four no amazing geez. weeks. Nope. He pees in the cup, no it glows. <laughs> then they suspend him for six weeks. But Camaro's oh, back. No, no, man. And you're good. My my Ingram is like an all-time great. You know what I'm saying? Like, he's growing in the day. He, he needs to stop drug usage. Like, like, my Ingram is really a good dude for us. And if he stayed there for a couple more years and you know what I'm saying? He gonna, you know what I mean? He, some like a Saints legend. Oh, he's already there. I he, believe so. He, he's a Saints legend. He's a Saints yeah. Hall of yeah. Famer. But El Gunner, if he mm-hmm. had an, if he had another career year this year, just a renaissance at his I mean, age, that's, he, that means over a thousand yards. That means over. Th- he's potentially in the rafters then. With that, yeah. I think right, Andrew. Hey, if if if. We, Ingram, if Ingram got a thousand yards and ten scores, like you're talking about him in the rafters now, not just the Hall of Fame, right? I don't got him. 
I don't gotta get them. Th- if we did for. <laughs> El gonna you. Sorry about that, your guy. You're you're uh, you're breaking up, but I but I love the uh, I love the thought I love the I'm thought pro- I love the thought process of uh, of Andy yeah. I maybe. like think I like the outside the box. Like, I like it. El Gun- I like how El Gunner, You know, he's he's giving you kind of someone that you wouldn't expect, but like he's right. I mean, you forget about Ingram, but at his peak, Ingram one of the best. Yeah, backs and especially history, maybe the best and. If you're getting guaranteed a year where he just goes ham, you know, five yards of carry and man, the load that that takes off of Camara, the load that takes off of Jameis, you know, the the ease with which the offensive line, I mean, just you know, that, that sets up play action. You know, it just makes everyone's life yeah, easier and you get, if you have a back that's playing at that level. You know, you get the best out of Camara when his care, when he's can be in a tandem. And remember, the Saints have a decent amount of cold weather games come December. They go to Philly. So if you're if you have Ingram and he's really rolling and you're fighting for a number one seed or you're fighting for a division title, what's better than being like, oh, it's twenty degrees in Philadelphia and they wanna have a slug fest? That's cool. We'll run it forty times down your throat and it's cold weather and you can do it with Ingram and Kamara. So I like that, and yeah, I like. I'm feeling it. I like I'm the out of the box. Uh, Ingram's a good answer. Yeah. yeah. All right, Tom. What you got for us, Saints player? You want to have a career year? Big Tom. Tom, wait. Let me see. Did I give him? Uh, I don't think you've added him as a speaker. Hold on. I'm there. Doing we go. Now. There. Well, there we go. Tom, what you got for us? Unmute yourself. Make sure. May I make sure you unmute? Okay, here we go. Gotcha. Go ahead. Look, I would like for uh, two guys actually to have a big year for us: Ruiz and Big Fish Trout. <laughs> he's going for the bottom of the roster. <laughs> he wants two right, instead right, of just right. one. He's like, I can't yeah, have a star. Like, Can I have two I, really he's mediocre guys? The floor here, Tom. I see what you're up to. Yeah, <laughs> man. So if Troutman can have a big year. I think Jameis will have a big year because Troutman can eat up the middle of the field. Mm-hmm. That will give Jameis – that will show that he's worked on his intermediate routes and we're not just throwing deep down the seam all the time or deep down the, down the field to Olave all the time. That means Jameis will take a step forward because, again, he's working all parts of the field with, um, with Mike Thomas and Troutman being available around the middle and with, you know, Slant Boy too. Um, so so yeah well you know you know who wants that to become true more than anyone big tom is it's jeff ireland because all the nerds that have been saying (laughs) that the saints are resting on the laurels of their 2017 draft class and and talking about how you know the saints had a couple good drafts but it really hasn't been that good lately if troutman and ruiz both go off this year I think that shuts up the nerds on a whole new level, which would be fantastic. Well, I think one of the one of the the only down there's there, well, there's no downside of the Saints being awesome this year, but I think one of the consequences if the Saints go twelve, thirteen wins and the draft ends up being really good, if Penning ends up being good, Olave ends up being what we think he can be, Ireland's gone. He'll get an he's going to get another shot to be a GM because the teams will look at him and be like, he did twenty seventeen, he did. He did 2022 after Sean Payton was gone. Like he'll get another gig. Here's a name, guys. 
to to have a career year. Jarvis Landry, if ah uh, man, you took my thunder, Ralph. Vaughn, I was gonna say, go, we'll go. Tom, give a before we go to Vaughn. Tom, give me give me your Tampa Buck to have a bad year that you think can bump them down. Of course, it's got to be forty five, middle linebacker from LSU. Yeah, I yeah. think I know somebody's probably already said that, but you take him out, I think we're good. Kicking that issues. payback for the horse collar, huh? Yeah, kicking issues exactly. can always be fun. We could wish we could wish bad field goal kicking on Tampa that could wreck their year. <laughs> That's true. I, I kind of <laughs> like that, Ralph. I, I kind of like that one. Just horrible, um, just horrible, horrible kicking. Horrible luck, kicking, and they just yeah. cycle through like three kickers. Um, but um. I think to answer y'all question, bro, to have career years, I think it's two guys. And it's funny. It's two guys that it's their first year on the team. But they're from New Orleans and they're from LSU. So we they understand. Like, I don't think people realize, like, how key that both of them are, especially if they have yeah. really good to elite. If Jarvis Landry has a very good, let's say, elite receiver two slash receiver one type of year, not only does that take the pressure off Jameis, that takes the pressure of us expecting Michael Thomas that's to come I, that's back. A, that's be, a great point. He, we, we expect Michael Thomas to come back and be Superman. And if, if Jarvis Landry is having a really good year, and when he's healthy, he's the guy's not even 30. That's why a lot of people, he's not 30 years old. Like He still can, has a lot of good ball left. If he has a really good season for us, that helps everybody. Well, and here's the thing. Offense. Jarvis Landry, his career year would be – more than 110 catches and more than mm-hmm. 1150 yards. So, like, yeah. you could almost say, "Give me a career year out of Jarvis, and then I don't have to worry about is Michael Thomas is he 75? Is he 80 percent? Is he 85 percent? I'm just gonna take my career year from Jarvis Landry and go. I with mean, that, that's pretty damn close. Now, to let the me see. Michael Thomas. Level, that's right. Yeah. You know. No, no, yeah. no. On the defensive side of the ball, and I think this one's maybe just a little bit bigger than Jarvis. And I love Malcolm to death because he actually played good ball for us these last few years when he came back at an older age. But the excitement I get from Tyron Matthews is the oh. turnovers. The turnovers. Yeah. You know, the the number one thing that we can do to help Jameis in that offense, if we can get the ball to them in shorter field positions, get, get in the ball, mm-hmm. turnovers, turnovers, t- and Tyron Matthew Brent, if we could get maybe six picks, three, four forced fumbles throughout the season, maybe two picks, six, like if he can have a special type of honey badger year that we know he can, like that first year in Kansas City or that one year in Houston, where he's just getting up, getting turnovers at an alarming rate, that is going to change our whole team. It's going to change yeah, our whole team, that, bro. That's a great answer, too. And, you know, Teron Matthews is kind of a wild card in the sense that you know, he's replacing Marcus Williams. And, you know, Marcus Williams, not a lot of people love to give that guy credit, but he's a big reason why this defense was so good. And it, it wasn't just the plays that he made. It was – quarterbacks accounting for where he was on the field and being mm-hmm. terrified of his range, you know? And so as a safety, th- there's a la- layer of security that he gives the defense just with his abilities alone. But and, Andy, and let so, me, you, do you think, cause I was thinking like Marcus may would take more of the Marcus Williams role and they would put Tyron more than what the, how Malcolm Jenkins played. How do you feel like they were going to play those two? Well, I think they'll be more interchangeable. So, whereas okay. I think I, I think as the high post safety that Marcus Williams pretty much was continually, and then Malcolm Jenkins was more 
in the I mean, box. He, a lot of times he was in the slot, honestly, playing, yeah. lining up, playing man coverage on tight ends is what he yeah. was doing a lot. But, you know, I think whereas he was maybe closer to the line of scrimmage, I think it could easily be 50-50. But, but the thing you like about that now is that pre-snap, you don't really know from one play to the next, you know, if, if they run a safety blitz, what side it's going to come from, which player it's going to be, you know. So there, you can run more disguises, and I think both of them will kind of be interchangeable. But I still think Teron Matthew is free safety, and Marcus May is more playing and closer to the line of scrimmage. So, we'll, we'll, but we'll see. I think I they're mean, interchangeable. It's a lot of snaps, Vaughn. It's two thousand snaps they got to replace, and I think one of the yeah. one of the underrated things that I just I didn't really expect it from Malcolm Jenkins was he still had old man strength, and except for what Darren Waller from the Raiders, and maybe. Pitts from Atlanta, tight ends like Malcolm Jenkins. He shut that shit down for two years. Yeah, like he, he basically he almost sent Gronk and uh, Onyemata and him almost sent Gronk into back into retirement in 2020, the first week of the year. You know, so safety, safety, how they play is critical. But just on a selfish level, like I just think Honey Badger being amazing. Would be just fun. like if he if he gives us like twenty two thousand seven LSU level ridiculousness. I mean that's just that'll just be a storybook. It'll be a the dome the dome will be amazing. It'll be it'll be a freaking party for for nine games a year. Yeah, I'm looking forward to the turnovers, man. Like I I really think if he could get a couple forced fumbles, a couple more interceptions, like and he could return those, like we we need that. And we give Jameis the ball in, in shorter field position. That takes a lot of pressure off them mm-hmm. and, and them having to drive down the field and things like that. So like defense is going to be key early. And those two safeties, like I like the replacements, but like a lot is going to be dependent on them because they're they're new. You know what I'm saying? So we got to see how they're going to play. And, and, and th- th- thanks for the, thanks for joining us Vaughn. And, and, you know, Andrew, you've said this, like the Saints, like they cannot afford a slow start because they come out the gate and it's Atlanta, Tampa, Carolina. Like you can't, you got, you can't go one and two or God forbid, oh and three. Like those are division games. Like they have to have it. The You know, you obviously, obviously you always want to have a great start, but this year it's even more, I think it's more important than even normally. They, they've got they've got to get off to a good start in these new pieces on defense. Dennis Allen's got to figure it out how to work them in, and they cannot have coverage breakdowns and be a disaster against Atlanta to start the year. They got to get off to a good start in the NFC South. It's looking like I'm going to be going to that game, by the way, uh, in Atlanta Week One. So um, I'm thinking I need to order myself a Jarvis Landry or a Teron Matthew jersey. Oh, 100 percent. By the way, apparently Seattle has jumped back into the Baker Mayfield. I don't know if you call it a sweepstakes at this juncture of the summer, but they're like poking around Baker Mayfield. So, <laughs> so Carolina not getting Baker Mayfield, I think it would be good for the Saints because if you get Carolina and they're stuck with Darnold and Matt Corral, that's better for the Saints even though they play Seattle, they'd only have to face Baker once. I think if you told me choose where Baker can go, well, you sent him to Seattle, right, Andrew? Oh, definitely, yeah. And, and the reason why is I, I just think, if I'm being honest, I, I just think Baker elevates Carolina. I, I just think I, I think he's better than Sam Darnold, and it, 
I don't know that he scares me necessarily, but I, I would prefer Carolina be stuck with Sam Darnold and not have an upgraded quarterback. Yeah, Lech. So, Let's yeah. we got we gotta get some people before we get out of here. We got a bunch of people that want to talk. Let we go to Letch, we're gonna Ryan and Craig, and then we're gonna try to get back to Algana because he had a, a thought to finish. But Letch, Saints player, you wanna have a career year in twenty twenty two. Uh so Saints player I think would have shit that I would like to see have a career year. I'd actually and I'm gonna just I mean it might be a little random, but I wouldn't say Deontay Hardy. Ooh. And see, I like these. Uh, give me the reasoning. I like these these not so obvious picks. Deontay Hardy, because let's be honest, Deontay Hardy is damn near the fastest player on our team. And if he has a career year, I mean, I'm talking about our, everyone really sees our offense with the receivers we have and just think, okay, we're going to be really good. But with Deontay Hardy and him playing some type of, like, Tyreek-type role with us and having a career year, that takes our offense from really good to, like, elite. Well, I'm talking this about thing, you don't he, know where the ball is going. Well, no, I, that, I think that's a great point, Lutch, because I don't really see, see Hardy as a guy that gets, you know, 80 catches for 1,200 yards. I don't oh, think it would be like that. Yeah, I, of I course, think, of course. I think, Packages. It, I think it's more like he might score eight touchdowns and average 25 yards a catch. Oh, oh know, I'm or, also throwing special teams, too. Yeah, I yeah, want well, him yeah, out there with our special team factor. former all-pro kick returner. So, like, yeah. he has an all-pro kick return year, and he's giving you, you know, let's say 40 catches and, but, but you know, they're, they're going for massive gains that I, that that's a great call because he's so explosive. And it doesn't even, every time he touches the ball, it's he's a, he's a threat to take it to the house. And, and let it's oh, a great point. You wouldn't even I need knew. to be 40 catches. It could be Andrew. It could that's be like 20. Exactly. I, I don't and know if anyone get... remember that Packers game, how he just got behind that Packers defense just out of nowhere. I mean, I saw Jameis launch that ball and I'm just like, like he could yeah. just sneak behind defenses. So easy. And, and if you get, if you get to a point where let's say, let's say he runs back two punts for touchdowns and two kicks and you're getting like a Devin Hester ridiculous season, then you get teams where teams are just like we're not kicking to him anymore. Remember, it was what was it? It was it was two years ago when they played. Yeah, the playoffs, right? The playoffs. You see how Deontay Hardy impacted us? He could have really changed that whole game if he didn't get hurt in that playoffs against the Bucks. Yeah, but uh, and you know, I was there was a Tennessee game two years ago, I think, where Tennessee was just like we're not kicking to him anymore. And they were just like, we don't care, Saints. You can have the ball at the forty yard line. We're we're just not. He's 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 roasting us to a, to a ridiculous degree. You could have that if he has a dominant year. You could you could have that every single week. And it's, I mean, it happens with with guys, right? It's been a while, but like Devin Hester, who was the who was the kick returner for Kansas City? Deontay Hall, maybe they they've had guys where teams are just like, we're not kicking to you. And and you get have the good football. So, so let's. I like that. I like that. I like that choice a lot. Thanks for joining us. All right, we got to go to Ryan, Saints player. You want to have a career year that you think can move the needle and get the Saints to eleven, twelve wins. Honestly, this might be a little cliche, but I'm going with Jameis Winston. Well, no, you can't go Jameis. Jameis is 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 not allowed because if if, if you go Jameis, you're talking MVP. That's too obvious. Give me you can't go Jameis. I just qualified that. Um, well, it's either him or Michael Thomas. Yeah. It, I mean, I, yeah, I still I still stand. Thank you, Ryan. Thank you for backing me up on this. <laughs> but yeah, I, 
I, I think Michael Thomas is the correct answer. And, and again, it's just we're talking about the NFL player, offensive player of the year. So anything that he does that would be better than that, we're putting him in the MVP. I mean, this, the, his best season is, what, 150 catches? So what, he'd have 160? 149. <laughs> yeah, I mean, the, the thing the thing that would be a little weird about that is I feel like they were maybe a little too Michael Thomas dependent that year, and I feel like they have the luxury this year with Olave and Jarvis Landry that they can spread it around a little bit more. So I guess the only caveat that I would throw to that with picking Michael Thomas is just I don't know that they need to feed him that much. They've got other playmakers. Maybe his and, touchdowns and, and his yards per catch are higher, and it's not yeah. 155 yeah. catches. Exactly. Yeah. But Ryan, I, I like that answer. And uh, who's a guy? Who's a guy for Tampa that you'd be like, if he has a bad year, that'll bump Tampa down? And you can't pick Brady. Fournette. Oh, I like that. See, I think the second guy to say, say Fournette. That, second guy to say it, and I think Fournette. Fournette was big in them in the playoffs, and their running game. And thanks for joining us, Ryan. Their running game really, it it really struggled a little bit, Andrew. Uh, when he when he wasn't there, but I, I love. By the way, I love all these answers everybody has given. We've had the ob, the obvious ones which are correct, and I like the off the beat. And I like the Mark Ingram one. I like the Deontay Hardy one. Um, Craig, you can give a Saints player in twenty twenty two. You can touch, put hands on them, and they have a career year. Who are you choosing? I would say um, Alabe. And he could win the rookie of the year because uh, his speed and everything else. And uh, what I was going to say, too, was if you got Jarvis Landry, Alave, and Michael Thomas on the field, that would relieve a lot of pressure off of Jameis. And it would put up more defenses to try to stop what can happen in the backfield, and then you got your running game both at the I same like it. time. I like it. Andrew, another selfish reason. If Olave is Rookie of the Year, I get to dunk on the nerds on Twitter and just remind remind them how much they hated the Saints trading up for him. And so for me personally, Craig, I appreciate the Olave choice because that would give me a lot of joy. Uh, just dunking yeah. on the nerves and 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 banging. Well, on them. the th- the thing I really love about Olave this year is that it, it can happen organically. Like I, I I think with and this is what Craig was just alluding to with Landry and Thomas on the field. I don't think they have to force the issue with Olave. You know, he's not forced to come in and catch seventy balls this year. He doesn't have to do that. Mm-hmm. And so I think that takes a lot of pressure off of him. Where. It can kind of happen naturally his rookie year. And then in year two, obviously, you know, Jarvis Landry's only on a one-year deal. Who knows what happens with Michael Thomas's contract. And so I think in year two, it, it, they're going to be more heavily reliant on him. But they just kind of get to ease into his career a little bit, which I think is important. And Craig, But thanks. the thing about it is, too, but the thing about it is, too, you got three speeches on the team that can go out. You got one that can – you got two of them that can do one-handed catches. He had the one of them that could really speed down the field. Well, and Craig, thanks for joining us. And the last point is, Andrew, I just think when the Saints, you know, we, we talked about when their defensive line was loaded, you know, when they play these teams with, with, with offensive line issues, they're going to 
they can crush them. I think it's going to be the same thing on offense. Like when they play a team like Atlanta, who doesn't really have good cover guys besides Terrell, when they play teams that are injured, good luck if you don't if you're not three deep at corner against the Saints. Yeah, no, that's exactly. And right. I think Olave. I think. Here's the thing about those three guys is I think the hero of the week is going to change because each week, you know, they're going to get a different matchup. They may have a weak slot corner that's lined up over Landry or, you know, they may have an outside corner that's 5'10 lined up on Michael Thomas or, you know, they, they or, or maybe that Olave has a guy where, he, you know, the corner is a little bit flat footed, not quite as quick, and he can kind of beat him at the second level. So I think it's, it's going to be matchup driven and I think that that's something that Pete Carmichael does really well is kind of identify where the weaknesses and where the holes are in the defense. The Saints could be a very, very frustrating fantasy football team for you. Like it could be really fun as us for us as Saints fans to watch. But I think there's a potential where if it all goes really well for the Saints, you might have Thomas eighty catches. Landry, 75 catches. Olave, 60. Like, you know what I'm saying? Like, they're all really good, but they're not, like, dominant. And that can be really frustrating for fantasy. But in real, in, in, in the games that matter, the score, like, it'll drive defensive coordinators just batty. So we got a couple well, more. Well, Dave, we, got, we got David Dugas. I'm going to ask you this question, David. I kind of view the Saints' best receiving core ever as the combination of Marcus Colston, Lance Moore, you know, Meacham, Devery Henderson. Is it possible, David? And and I can't believe I'm asking you this question considering where this receiving core was a year ago. <laughs> but is it possible that the combination of Michael Thomas, Olave, Jarvis Landry, Deontay Hardy, Callaway, Traquan, is this the best receiving crew in Saints history? Oh, uh, there's no doubt. I mean, it's not it's not even close really. Um not at all. See, like, a lot of people are putting the season on Jameis Winston, and it's not. I think they're they're misguided a little bit. It's more, can Michael Thomas get back to what he was before? Can the safeties gel? You know, it's, it's more along those lines. Jameis Winston is going to be fine. He's going to, you know, he's going to be above mediocre. But it's, can Michael Thomas, can he get back to that? And if he does, this will be the best wide receiver core. It was better last year if Michael Thomas would have been there. I mean, like, they – they, I think they put all their eggs in one basket and, and thinking that Thomas was going to be there last year. And I think if he was there and he plays, I don't think there's much issue with the wide receiving core. Mark, uh, Marquez Callaway would have been an excellent three, you know. No, I think I think that that's a great point. And and to your point about Jameis, David, Jameis just be the twelfth best quarterback in the NFL. Eleven, just be the and, and and limit the turnovers and be a little bit better in the intermediate throws than you were last year. And I think it'll be fine, Andrew. Like that. Like I'm not. I'm not expecting James to be a top ten quarterback. The thing. I mean, we keep we keep saying this, but I, I really felt like he was scratching the surface last year, and he was starting to cook in that Tampa game. And if that injury never happens, that's the thing. Like we never really got to see James get comfortable, and Sean Payton trust him more. And I felt like we were just starting to scratch the surface when he got hurt. Yeah. I think that game he was going to let James off the off his le- off the leash and let him go. And trust him fully with that, you know. And, like, it's part of, like, 
the pettiness in Sean Payne. <laughs> you played with Tampa. That's we're gonna we're gonna hold you back a little bit, and then we're gonna let you have your revenge. Yeah, you know, and that's that was gonna be part of it. But listen, I, I, mean, think, I think I, I feel bad for Jameis's agent because you know you know he's like, man, how did he? This injury happened at the time that it did, and he never got to face that Atlanta Falcons secondary oh statistically. God. I mean, I mean, you know, he's like, how much more money would we have right now? If I mean, just played the Falcons once. The Falcons, <laughs> their defense was so bad. The the quarter and a half or whatever Taysom played the final they game. They almost had me convinced Taysom could play quarterback. I, I, I texted him. <laughs> I was like, Taysom looks like a top 12 quarterback. I know it's Atlanta, but Taysom, like, he's dropping back. He's making reads. He's looking decisive. <laughs> I was like, damn, this is – and and Jameis would have just burned Atlanta to the ground twice. So, but – So, has anyone brought up any of the tight ends? I know everyone's down on them, and, you know, and rightfully so, you know, they haven't produced. But I think, like, I, I keep on bringing up how tight end is one of the – in my opinion, one of the hardest positions to play because you're learning – it's almost like you're learning two different playbooks. That's right. Um. And I think it's one of the toughest ones to, like, settle in. You know, I think Troutman, you you saw glimpses, like, that he could be really good. I mean, besides, like, drops and whatnot. But, like, he made plays last year. He made I a think couple. The last Atlanta the, game. The, the last Atlanta game, he made a couple. I, 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 will... I think David was really feeling him some, uh, some Troutman outside of the – False starts, the drop passes, the play yeah, routes, the holding, the poor blocking. Yeah, other than like, that, though, yeah, he's pretty good. And I think, yeah, actually, and everyone was laughing at me, but Jawan Johnson, bro, that dude. Oh, I think Jameis is like really targeting him. I'm, I'm telling you, man. Like they had yeah, something I, going I, I before mean, Jameis know, got they, hurt. They did have some red zone chemistry. Like I will give you that. Like, and and you know, I'm not like, a big. Everyone knows I'm not a Jawan Johnson fan, but I will say before Jameis went down, there was a little bit of chemistry between those two in the red zone for sure. And like, right, exactly. And um, and Jawan Johnson got hurt as well too, mm-hmm. like early in the season, or he wasn't on the field or something, you know. Yeah, but like he's a big enough target that he can be uh, a good target in the red zone. I I think David, thanks for joining us. I think Andrew. My, my expectations at tight end is just Taysom, give me moderate health and be okay. Troutman, eliminate your negatives. Don't You don't need to give me a lot of positive, but just Troutman, be able to play and not be a negative where he's having holding penalties and drops and negative. Just be – Yeah, don't be a complete liability. Just be yeah. neutral. Taysom, give me a little something. And then you're okay at tight end. Like I don't have great expectations. I, I think that's realistic. Okay, we got to get. I think I, I think it's the weakest position on the roster oh, by, by far. By far, yeah. And I think uh, and listen, I I still think there is a potential where the Saints they get a look at Troutman, they get a look at other guys, and Taysom's not healthy, or maybe he's a little behind schedule, and the Saints are like, we got to call up a team that's going to cut a tight end, and we see we see them the third week of preseason or, or the week of the regular season, they trade a seventh-round pick or whatever for some team's 
tight end, and they're like, we just we need a we need a competent body here because Taysom's not ready, and Troutman in the preseason had three drops and was lining up offside still. So, all right, before we get out of here, I want to get to Kareem. Kareem, you can you can give you can gift a Saints player a career year in 2022. What player are you doing it for? I probably say. Marcus Davenport. Let's see. I like that. Cause if he if he can if he can if he can at least get like eight nine sacks, that's going to take a lot of pressure off Cameron Jordan. And the, the I feel yeah, like Cameron, I mean, the Cameron thing, Jordan the thing can get a lot Marcus of one on one. Is that if he's having a career year, that means he's actually playing. And if he's actually playing, there's no way he's not going to be good. And that's the, the man deserves it. He he lost part of his finger. He if any if anyone deserves a career year. It's Marcus Davenport. I mean, come on, the, the poor man. The yeah, I feel, poor, I feel, I feel he definitely do for one. He's do, like the thing is with Davenport, like that's the thing that's so frustrating with him with, with with Saints fans is we know it. Like if you you don't even need to tell me just if you just tell me Davenport starts fifteen games, I would say he's have he's going to have double digit sacks and he's going to get a hundred million dollars next March from somebody. Like because we know when he plays. He's amazing. I mean, I like I like Pete Werner too, yeah. the the um, linebacker next to oh, the, yeah, Pete Davis. Werner. I like him too. He's I good. Yeah, have, I feel if he have a breakout, and that's definitely that's definitely going to help defensively. I'm not really worried about our cornerbacks. I like Paulson and Debo too for his second year. I mean, you could pick you a, know, any corner those, and just get five or six picks. Would be help, you yeah. know. I, I will say this, Kareem, and this is where I love the Davenport pick. I really think the highest ceiling of any player on the roster when it comes to pure talent if he taps into all the talent that he has and he has a fully healthy season i I think i mean i think he can have 20 sacks like i i actually think he has the highest ceiling he can be the most ridiculous player if he's fully committed fully locked in and fully healthy and that and that would that would take so much pressure off cameron jordan whereas Cause you know Cameron Jordan, he all Magley. That's all the Magley fifteen twenty six for him. We just need Davenport to help out. Well, yeah, I mean, when da- I don't think it's a coincidence when Davenport had his little str- str- struggle with health, but then he got healthy, and then it unlocked Cam Jordan to close the season amazing. And uh, Kareem, thanks for joining us. And I'll say this about uh, Davenport too, Andrew, is if he. Gets if he has a twenty if he has a uh, like a twenty sack season it's his dream season. I think there's a possibility that the Saints would franchise him, and they could get an unbelievable bounty of picks because I'm telling you, if he gets say he gets eighteen and a half sacks, there will be a team that will be like, oh Saints, you want a first round pick for him, and you want we have to pay him. They will gladly do it because teams, they're desperate for offensive linemen and they're desperate for pass rush, you know? And I think I think Davenport's a great pick. But but it, as we wrap up here, Andrew. we got we Hold on. We got one more. We got Coach Reagan Smith. So unmute yourself. Coach, it looks like you're an offensive coordinator. So I'm curious, <laughs> what do yeah. you think is the most critical thing offensively that needs to work out for the Saints to be successful this year? Well, it's definitely offensive line play. I'm, I'm also an offensive line coach, and I've talked to Ralph before about the offensive line concerns, dealing with Pete, dealing with Ruiz, 
uh, lateral movement, just from my perspective, is a real problem. No, I think I think it's I think it's fair, and it, the Saints the Saints they ask a lot of their guards, and they need they need they need Ruiz to not be as I call it the blue screen of death. Like he just he looks like a guy who. I don't know, Andrew. I don't know the right word to describe it, but he's just deer in headlights or whatever. He he looks not lots of hesitation. Yeah, like he's just. It's weird. I see offensive line people like you, Coach Reagan. I see T. Bob Abair, who played offensive line at LSU. They say I've never seen a guy like Ruiz play like he played in college and then be so tentative and unsure and just sort of broken in a way it's very it's very rare and we'll see if if Doug Marone can get it but if you if you Reagan I'm curious how much do you attribute that to trying to transition from being a center his whole career to being a right guard I I would think that playing right guard uh, right guard is theoretically the 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 easiest position to play in the NFL. It's generally your weakest lineman. Um, and so, uh, you know, snapping a ball and then taking on, uh, you know, one technique, a, a, a nose tackle, that's hard to do. That, uh, center is hard. So you would think that he would be better at it. I think the lights are bright, and I think this might be a sports psychology thing, like where he's just, like, he needs to reset. Yeah, it'll be. I, I think that's completely right. I, I think it's uh, so much of it is because we know he has the physical capabilities. We know he has the high RAS mm-hmm. score. You know, we know that he's got the lateral speed. We know that he's got the the power. And, and so, to me, yeah, I, I think it completely comes down in between the years. You know, it, it comes down to confidence. Yeah, and and it was interesting. Thanks, Coach, for joining us. You know, it was interesting. Um, Andrew Doug Marone had said that. He is doesn't really watch a lot of film on the Saints players and offensive line. He said he watches a little, but he doesn't want to have preconceived notions of what they can and can't do from watching a ton of film. He said, I watched a little bit of film, but I want to get these guys on the practice field because then I can see, then I can teach. I don't want to come in here thinking they can't, can or can't do just by what I see on film. So I thought that was interesting. And look, Doug Marone... Say whatever you want him about about him in Jacksonville or Syracuse. That dude can coach offensive line, and I think the Saints have ma- I think they've massively upgraded with him and Zach Streif at offensive line coach from what they had last year. And we'll see if they can get Penning up to speed as a rookie. If they can fix Ruiz, like offensive line, it's a critical position for the Saints. But it's a huge challenge for the coaching staff. Like it, it's, it's a lot. Like they, they better, they got a lot of work to do. Yeah, I'm, I'm a little bit nervous about that. I mean, I, I still think tight end is the biggest hole in this team. But the offensive line, I, I think, look, changes were needed in some ways. They had to get a little bit younger. That's what excites me about Penning. But they've had some injuries in Ramcheck, Pete, Ruiz. McCoy, they've all been part of that, mm-hmm. of getting injured. So, you know, they've been banged up the last few years. And, I mean, if there was ever a year where they're going to sustain a, a decent amount of health, this would be the year to do it. Yeah. We got one more, and then we got to get out of it. Ju- Ju- Juco football, 
What you got for us? You can pick one Saints player to have a career year. Uh, let me go, Jawan Johnson. Oh, here we go. <laughs> Andrew's getting mad. I can I can feel the okay. steam coming out of Andrew's ears. So 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 here, here here's the thing. All right, we know we know Jawan Johnson last year had 13 receptions for 100 and some yards, but he also had four touchdowns. He's a big, physical, six four. Uh, 230 some pound receipt. Well, moved to tight end. Um, he played at Oregon. Um, he, he, he just got, he, he reminds me of, um, uh, Eddie Boo Williams. You, you know what I'm saying? Just that type of style. That's not um, a good comparison for me. I All I think about Boo is dropping that pass in Cincinnati. In 2002, yeah, and I'll that, never forgive him. Yeah, that, that was <laughs> tough. But but I look at it like this. You have Chris Olave, you have MT, you have uh, Jarvis Juice Landry. You have all of those other receivers as, as well. It has to open up for, you know, for a tight end. Uh, Adam Troutman, I'm not too high on him. Uh, the other tight end, I'm, I'm not too sure. But if given time, would Jawan Johnson um, I think he could have like a 400 to 500 yard, you know, season and double his, his, um, you know, four touchdown from four to like six. See, man, I, I mean, that, I think you're gonna have a good, if I'm going to get a career year out of somebody, I got to do better. I got to get better than that. Like if, if, if I want a career year, I want on offense, I want Jarvis Landry. I want 110 catches. I want Kamara. I want 20 touchdowns. I want, I need, Massive numbers. I can't yeah, like, like moving the needle. Like enough. eight touchdowns. Like even if he triples it and he gets to twelve. Well, if he got to twelve, that might be some. But like I got like Jawan Johnson, like career year. If, if you're giving, I need career year him. I need like fifty five catches and ten scores. Like like get, getting me to six isn't going to do it. And and honestly, Juco, I just look at tight end. As long as it's not a negative. I don't think it will sink them. The offensive line, if it's bad or just average or below average, it can ruin the season. Tight end, if it's average, below average, it might burn them in the playoffs or whatever. It ain't going to stop them from winning 10, 11 games if tight end is just no. bad. But I, I just I just look I just look at him as a like a guy that he's like ready to have a breakout like a breakout year. Mm-hmm. I I know a lot of people not really high on Jawan Johnson, but I, I I look at him as a he can sneak up on the people because it, like I say, you look at the receiving core, everybody's going to key on MT, everybody go key on Alave, Callaway, all of those receivers. Nobody's really keying on those tight ends. So it'll open it'll open up for those guys to have like really good games and and career career years. Well, the one thing I will tell you, Juco, is that Jameis and Jawan Johnson, they do yoga together. They're super <laughs> close. Uh, they have good chemistry together. And I know Jameis really likes Jawan. They're, they're boys, and, and they work out a lot together and all that. So, um, you know, yeah, I mean, I, I think if uh, as long as Jameis is the quarterback and he's staying healthy and he's producing, I do think that that bodes well for Jawan Johnson, who – Kind of fell out of favor after Jameis Winston got hurt. No kidding. Juco, thanks for joining us. And thanks, everybody, for uh, for joining us tonight. We had a ton of people in 
join us and answer the question. It was, it was tremendous fun. And by the way, please support the show. If you're listening to this live, if you're listening to the to the replay version, support the co- show. Go to patreon.com slash Hour. Become a patron. We are doing amazing things. We're talking in the Discord. We are going to have a great season. We're planning trying to do a live show in the fall. We are going to have an amazing football season. The Saints are going to be amazing. We're going to laugh at all the nerves, all the doubters, and it's going to be fun. And you'll have more fun if you join Saints Happy Hour and you join our community because I promise you, it'll be the best seven bucks you spend all month during the football season. So, guys, thanks for joining it. For Andrew, I'm Ralph. Guys, have a great rest of your weekend, uh, and we will see you Monday night on the live stream. Today's episode of Saints Happy Hour is brought to you by Sports Drink, your digital water cooler. Sports Drink is a newly created internet community that tries to find the intersection of sports and not sports. They're here to help us grow and to hate your favorite team. A rising tide lifts all boats. Go check them out online or on social. Go to sportsdrink.org, open Instagram, and type in at sportsdrink, spelled sports drink without the vowels. That's S P R T S. D-R-N-K. All we ask is that you close the door behind you. We're trying not to let the funk out. I want to tell you a story. It's a story about a scandal, broken relationships, gossip, rumors, money, corporate rivalry, and a broom. A performance-enhancing broom. My name is John Cullen. I'm a comedian, podcaster, and for 20 years, I was a semi-professional curler. And I want to tell you the story about how a single broom almost imploded the 500-year-old sport of curling. We felt like we were bringing a knife to a gunfight. It's the story of a superstar and his fall from grace. Oh, I was being dragged through the mud. It's the story of two brother entrepreneurs with a dream. <laughs> I said, that's great news. It's a story of intrigue. I still don't understand why we want to keep his name secret. The full story has never been told, so I'm going to tell it. Broomgate, how a broom almost killed curling. It was a year I'd like to forget. To listen to Broomgate, search for Broomgate in your favorite podcast app. That's all one word, Broomgate. This is it. We've got an Amex Platinum Pro on our hands, ladies and gentlemen. We haven't seen anyone relax like this before in the Centurion Lounge. Is he connecting to complimentary Wi-Fi? Oh my, look at that, he is! And you will not believe where he's going next. The Amex dedicated card member entrance for the win! Unbelievable! When you get travel perks with Amex Platinum, you're part of the action. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. The NBA Finals are heating up. Looking for hot takes on all the postseason action? The Old Man and the Three, presented by BMW, is the podcast to listen to for the ultimate finals coverage. Host and former NBA sharpshooter J.J. Redick not only has a plugged-in perspective on the action from his time in the league, but he's also announcing the games in real time for ESPN. J.J. has the ultimate insider point of view, and he's taking you along for the ride as he breaks down the best defensive schemes, dunks, and drives from each game. And speaking of incredible drives... There's no better place to tune into your new favorite podcast, The Old Man and the Three, than in a standard-setting BMW. Luxury meets power to create a wholly new driving experience. Push the limits this NBA season with the brand that set the ultimate standard, BMW, the ultimate driving machine. What makes a life a good one? 
Is it the adventure you have? Or the friends you find along the way? Maybe it's pursuing your passion while striving to protect, defend, and save what you believe in every single day. So what makes a life a good one? In the Coast Guard, we think it's all of the above and more. But you'll have to find out for yourself. Visit GoCoastGuard.com to learn more. How powerful is Cox Internet? Powerful enough to let your band members in Vegas, Phoenix, and Rhode Island jam like you're all in the same garage. Get gig speeds powered by fiber from Cox. It's internet built for tomorrow, today. Cox, always building better. Download speeds up to one gigabit per second. Cox internet is connected to the premises via coaxial connection. Speeds vary and are not guaranteed. Cox terms and other restrictions may apply.